Lauren, I've said it once and I've said it a million times. Great show today. It was, Judd. Yeah, really enjoyed. In fact, uh, our guest is standing with us. We just wrapped it up, and it's Chief Robert Plummer of the Napa Police Department. Hey, Chief. Hey, Judd. Thanks for having me. It was a great show, great opportunity, and plus, I got to do this whole thing. So oh, pretty good. Oh. But, but no spoiler alert. We don't know which. No. We don't know which. Share that. I will not share that. That's left for the imagination of others. That's it. Now, if you'd like to play along at home while you listen to this and you'd like to uh, find out something about Napa's police department and see a photo of our chief plumber here, uh, just head over to cityofnapa.org. In the meantime, as long as you're online, um, you know, Lauren has a thing or two to say. We invite you to join Judd at his family's winery at the south end of Silverado Trail. Judd's Hill Winery, located at 2332 Silverado Trail, here in Napa Valley, California, USA. Visiting information is at juddshill.com, or you can call 707-255-2332. That's it. Thanks very much. We look forward to seeing folks there, whether you're a visitor to Napa Valley or a local We'll, we'll show you a good time one way or the other. And as long as you're online getting the visiting information and looking up the cityofnapa.org, you can also put a, you know, look on our website and put a few bottles of wine in your cart and we'll give them a special. Just type in coupon code JNVS, all in lowercase letters, please, and you'll get 15% off your entire wine order. And if that's not enough, you can join the Judd's Hill Wine Club anytime, day or night. That's right. We guarantee a good time with fine wines among the verdant vines of Napa Valley at Judd's Hill while being kind. And speaking of which, we were also joined today by one of the kindness kids herself, Tallulah. Hi, Tallulah. Hello. And I think you would also like to invite folks to be kind and find out more about the Be Kind movement by visiting where? Be Kind Napa on Facebook. And it's Be Kind Napa. Like it. it. Look at it. You can get more information of our... Movement. <laughs> That's it. And now, on with the show. And now, here he is, Napa Valley's ambassador of good times and fine wines, John Vingelstein. Get ready for another heap of fascinating things to know from witty and intriguing people. On Judd's Napa Valley Show No stale script and no rehearsing Live from a Napa studio You may be that intriguing person On Judd's Napa Valley Show Pardon me I'll have a Chardonnay, a marvelous date, it's hard to say. I know we never talk about the Sauvignon Blanc. It's a must-have on the podcast. It's Judd's Napa Valley Show. You can't ease this flow if I elaborate over a Cabernet. My buddy's the truth. You should study my man Juddy and learn something new. Humor is mankind's greatest blessing. Mark Twain. And now, live from Wine Down Media Studios at South Napa Century Center, it's Judd's Napa Valley Show. I'm Lord Mole, and here's your host, Judd Finkelstein. Uh, good morning, Mr. Lauren Mole. How are you today? I'm doing fine, Judd. Top of the day. Top of the day. It's a lovely Napa Valley morning, isn't it? Actually, it is. They all are. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you doing, man? What's the latest? Well, I recently got to see you at uh, Yucapalooza last Friday, but I'm so sorry I missed the uh, opening act. I just couldn't make it in time. It was great, though. I'm, I'm glad you made it down, and you gave us a wonderful stage announcement. You brought us back from our quick little break, and everybody gave us a big cheer and gave you a big cheer. And as they should, you are, you are Mr. Announcer in Napa Valley. Thanks, Jed, and I'm proud to have that accomplishment now as a volunteer for these last 10 years. Thank you. Thank you. You, you do a fine job. Yeah, that was, that was our ninth Yucapalooza, playing music, bringing the community together with um, ukuleles and fun and raising some awareness and money for the Voices Youth Center and all of their affiliated programs. Good stuff. You're right. <laughs> Thanks. Anything else? Any big gigs? Are you singing at any stadiums coming up? Uh, professional sporting events? Uh, sadly, I will not be going to the Giants gig with everybody as a star on September 26th because I have family coming in from out of town and the uh, state. But I still yes. encourage everybody to go to the Giants game anyway. Absolutely. Well, you want to give the information about how folks can find out about that and get tickets? www.everybodystar.org. That's what you want to look under. And once again, everybody... Tell us about the organization. Well, Everybody is a Star is a nonprofit organization based over in Sonoma that helps special needs individuals like myself showcase our talents in professionally made broadcast quality music videos. And it is so true. I've said it once. I've said it a million times. If you go on to everybodystar.org and look at their videos, you can see our very own dashingly handsome Lauren Mole in his white... It's like a white dinner jacket. You, you just look so sharp, man. And you're, you are singing... In this uh, video, you're singing the song, You're Not My Friend Yet, and I Can't Find Out Who You Are, and you're giving me a look. Oh, come on, John. What? Michael Bublé's I Just Haven't Met You Yet. Oh, my God. I can never get the title of that song. <laughs> uh, you'll get it one day. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's a wonderful video, and I, th- I know folks would enjoy seeing that. So, everybodystar.org. Yes. So, uh, so what else has been going on with you, Judd? Oh, man. It's been a busy week. We had three gigs. My group, uh, the Mike High Gents, that do our old-time Hawaiian vibe. Uh, we did Locals Night at uh, First Street in Napa, which I'm going to talk briefly about it with our guest. We did Yucapalooza, and then we did a private house party. Some folks actually hired us to come play their uh, kind of tiki luau, so that was a lot of fun. What else is happening? Oh, you know what? Coming up this week, there's, a, there's some fun stuff. If anybody happens to be in Southern California in the San Diego area, I will be performing at the Tiki Oasis Festival on Thursday evening in San Diego at the Crown Plaza with a new group I've put together called The Tiny Bubbles, and we do the music of the band Devo and featuring former guest Gerald Casale of the band Devo. We're going to be doing um, some of his tunes, but in a Hawaiian style. And then the very next day, he and I will be doing a wine symposium. So kind of a wine one intro to wine as part of the Tiki Oasis Festival. Information can be found at tikioasis.com. And then on Sunday, I'm flying back at dawn to get to the Judd's Hill Harvest Party. It's this Sunday, August 11th, from noon to 2.30 p.m. It's uh, going to be lots of fun. Wine, of course. It should be a beautiful day. Bring your camera, walk around the vineyard, get some shots. Uh, the grapes are turning purple. We've got Verasion, so some good photo ops. $55 to attend, or, and this is the better way to get in, it's free if you're a Judd's Hill Wine Club member. And, uh, and, and membership is free, and you can join anytime, day or night, at juddshill.com and are a charitable beneficiary of 
the uh, day will be uh, our very own Hero Foundation here in town, which talk about youth-led and youth-focused groups, which I'm so passionate about. This is one that's doing lots of good in our community, and they will be there to talk about what they do and raise a little awareness. Of course, we have the Kindness Festival coming up August 17th, and Tallulah is sitting here. You want to mention it quickly? Because we're going to talk a lot about it next week, but just do you want to invite folks to come down? Yes. Um, so it is on August 17th on Saturday, and um, um, it's in Yachtville at Veterans Memorial Park, and what it is, it's a walk with signs with kind messages on them to bring awareness to the importance of kindness, and we walk through um, Yachtville, um, down the street, and up to the Napa Valley Museum where there will be a kindness festival. And there we're going to be highlighting other youth-led or youth-based organizations, and there's going to be speakers from those organizations. Some of those organizations are the Hero Foundation that Judd was talking about. Um, there's also, like, Elena's Voice, Team Rescue, and many other great organizations. And it'll be super fun. Um, we're going to have treats, yes. food, and music. Absolutely. And that's 930 gathering yes. in, in Yauntville's Veterans Memorial Park. Yes. Information on Facebook at Be yes. Kind Napa and BeKindNapa.com. Yes. We hope to see everybody there. And, yeah, it'll be super fun. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you're here and you're going to sit in through the show. So if there's anything you want to talk about, feel free to pop into the conversation. Okay. Thank you. Lauren. Yes, John. Our guest has been so patiently sitting here. And there's so much I want to talk about with him. So would you mind giving him one of your trademark introductions? In this dude's job, he's got to stay calm when facing a bummer. And although he's a real pro, to this town, he's a newcomer. Crime must decrease. In his duty to make peace, it's Napa's chief of police, Robert Plummer. <laughs> it is. Welcome, Chief Plummer. Well, thank you for having me. That was a great introduction. I'm going to have you at all my intros. Yeah, you just bring them around with you. He'll autograph that Alrighty. for you. And you can, okay, you can leave with the Actually, the can Lord. I get a copy of that so I can take it with me? I'd like to have that. Absolutely. Thank you. Very Free of much. charge. All right. That is our gift to you as a memento of your time here at Judd's Napa Valley Show. Well, thank you very much. It's good to be here. It's really good to have you here. You're our chief of police here in Napa. You've been on the job now about a year or so? Yeah, just over a year. Yeah, so. and and you've come to us from uh, Las Vegas. We'll yes. just get all that out. Of the, we're going to get a little more detail okay. into all this. Sounds good. So it's been a year. You've had some time to to settle in, and um, you know, I'm not even going to get to that. I'm not even going to get to your impressions. And I just want to first of all find out who you are. You know, you are a you're a guy that that's very visible, but I'm not sure how many folks have gotten the chance to get to know you yet. Yeah, you're, you know, it's um, you know, since moving here about like I said about a year ago. Actually, it's funny story. Uh, we drove in at 3 o'clock in the morning on July 12th, or July 13th. Oh, wow. And uh, 3 in the morning. Yeah, 3 in the morning. We had to, we had to be here. You were running from someone? No. <laughs> yeah, running. Yeah, but we had the, uh, the Latino Chamber of Commerce dinner we were asked to attend, and we had to make sure we were here. So, oh, I see. But some delays happened in Las Vegas, so we got a late start. We thought we'd be here by, like... I don't know, eight o'clock in the evening. Oh no! Later. Yeah. So we were, you know, we didn't want to wake the neighbors in our new neighborhood, <laughs> and we were very quickly just put a mattress in and fell asleep on it until we were able to get up. But once we got up, it was a whirlwind, and it's been a whirlwind ever since. We've had a, the, I mean, the the fortune of just getting to meet so many people here in Napa. You know, I've told the story several times that 
Um, we honeymooned in Sarah, me and my wife, in Hillsburg and Napa. We kind of bounced between the two. This is where you, okay, spent your first days as a married couple. Yes. Okay. It's and, a good way uh, to make an impression. It was it was good. And she, yeah. she really likes wine. I, I could... At the time, I wasn't much of a wine drinker, but but now you love it, now right? Now I love wine, of course. I, well, what I realized, I have a pretty good palate. Oh, and okay. She, my, I call it the virgin palate because I don't know anything. I didn't know anything, so I was really new to the whole thing. So, but she said that if we ever retire, I sure could live in live here and grow grapes. I was like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm a cop. I was. Well, how how's that going to happen? And she's saying this while you're living in Las Vegas. Yes. Okay, yeah. on your honeymoon. On our she's honeymoon. Like, okay, she's so already she setting you up. planted the seed. Yeah. Six, 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 16 years ago. And like a good husband, I listened. When I saw the opportunity that uh, they were hiring in January of 2018, I put my name in a hat, and out of 67 other uh, applicants, they selected me. So it was I, a... I read day. it was a big pool, so congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you. So it's been good. It's been a good place. And you've been here for the past year, and we're going to work up to that. Right. I do jump around sometimes, okay, but I'm just okay. curious a little bit about your... Background. You are originally a, a Bay Area guy, right? Yes, I was born in San Francisco. Okay, that's what and, I thought. Uh, moved to San Jose, where I lived there until I was about six. Okay. And I have six or seven. I have really fond memories of San Jose area. In fact, my sister was just in town this past weekend, and we were in the city, kind of just. They hadn't been here in a while. Her and her husband hadn't been here in a while, so we tooled around and we were talking about kind of the memories of growing up in San Jose. And, mm. and for those that are familiar with San Jose, there used to be a amusement park called Frontier Village. And I'm was, trying to think funny that it was, one. It was like one of the original, one of one of the few few amusement parks in the area, mm-hmm. and we were just reminiscing as kids how we used to. Uh, thankfully, there's a statute of limitations. How we used Uh-oh. to climb a big <laughs> eucalyptus tree. We built a fort, and then we climbed back on the other side and, and, and enjoyed the park. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh, bad kids, bad but, kids. But um, it was uh, a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of, a lot of great memories. And our parents decided they wanted me to Las Vegas, more opportunity for them there. And uh, we moved there, and I was there for 44 years, 28 years in law enforcement mm-hmm. at the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department. And then the opportunity presented itself to come here, so it was a it was a no-brainer, really. Living in Las Vegas, great city. I uh, still have my family there, a lot of friends mm-hmm. there. My kids are still there, two of them, anyways, and my, some of my grandkids. But uh, the experiences provide prepared me for a life. Uh, of serving others, and, and Napa was the the next transition. Something drew me here, and I listened. Well, I mean, it sounded like your your wife also yeah. had something to do with that yeah, uh, early on, and you listened. <laughs> that the voice stuck with you. What drew you to law enforcement in the first place? I mean, it takes a certain a certain something within you to want to do the type of work that you right. do. You know, I I enjoy the adrenaline part of it when I was younger. I mean, like most kids, when you saw Top Gun, I wanted to be a fighter pilot, mm. and I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go down to the Navy or Air Force. I'm going to try and join. And they said, well, you wear glasses. So Because back then, if you wore glasses or any corrective lenses, you couldn't fly planes. Well, I said, we have other jobs for you. I said, well, no, if I'm not flying a plane, that's it. So the next best option for me was where I could get adrenaline as a kid or as a young person was in law enforcement. And Las Vegas had hosted a show or did a series of law enforcement prior to cops even becoming nationally okay. known. They did their own version of it where the local news station rode around with um, two of our officers for, for seven days. And after watching that, I was like, this is what I need to do. So mm. I was like, that was it. And at 21, I joined the police department and never looked back. And here so, you are. And here I am. And you were there, what, 27, 28 years working? Just, a, just under 28 years. And I mean, I can't fathom what it must be like to try to keep the peace in Las Vegas. And you became a 
do I have this right? A commander, captain, commander uh, of captain. A, mm-hmm. okay of a homicide yes. division mm-hmm. and yep. sex crimes, homicide, sex crimes, basically person crimes, anything to do with the with the with a human being. We we investigate those crimes as well oh. as animals. So I, I, I try not to even imagine yeah. what you must have seen, dealt with. Yeah. How. Uh, okay, now we're going to jump ahead because I'm curious, you know, just life in general throws enough at you. Yes. And when you're exposed to what you would be exposed to on a daily basis, how do you how do you keep the smile on your face? How do you cope with that? How do you stay a normal person? Right. Well, first of all, you're seeing faith. the horrors. Yeah, it's, it's my faith. My faith uh, really keeps me grounded and keeps me where I'm at. Also, I always tell this to young officers and, young, and people in the, in the policing profession is you have to have friends outside of law enforcement mm. because when everyone that you work with is, or you're friends with and then you're friends with at work and off work, all you talk about is the horrors and stuff you, I you see. see. Uh, I, I involve myself in other community activities, uh, a lot of volunteerism, and then mm. sports. I love playing golf, things that will... Kind of just get my mind and free my mind from what I've seen sure. or experienced. Um, and over over that career, it's paid me well. And even moving here to Napa, uh, again, is a nice transition for when I eventually do decide to retire, which won't be which will be sometime down the road. I'm not looking to retire. I, okay. I'm enjoying it, and I'm I'm still young. But I think by just having other resources, outlets, and and not being afraid to talking about what you see with other people. And when I say not the, the intimate details, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, hey, you know, today was a rough day or yeah. or sharing that with your wife or friends. Back in the day, um, even before I hired on, officers were not uh, supposed to share their emotions or they're supposed to keep everything kind of built up and just steal themselves. To steal and they just, yeah. they couldn't, it was a sign of weakness if they were to talk about what they saw and how it was affecting them. And I think now we're seeing that it's okay to talk about, it's okay to address it, and don't be afraid to bring that stuff to light. Is this something that you address with your own force here and now? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, in fact, we're doing some things to hopefully uh, deal with the mental toughness of what this job is, mental health, mm-hmm. the health of people's uh, mindset and what they experience. Um, you know, in Las Vegas, you know, it's a very fast-paced city, 24-7. Oh, Everything, yeah. Everything's at your disposal there. And if young cops don't have good role models or people to look at, they could go down a pathway that is, you know, destructive to not only themselves but to their family and their loved mm. ones. So we do our best to really educate our cops that, hey, you have to have other releases, you know, working out, playing video games. I mean, whatever yeah. it is that you can get away from uh, uh, the reality sometimes and kind of create your own different sense of reality kind of helps you with, with what you see. You know, one of the leading causes of officer deaths currently is suicide because I think we're still missing the mark on how to prepare or provide our officers what they need to uh, deal and cope with what they see on a daily basis. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, I'm glad that that is uh, on your radar and that you are equipped to um, help in that department here, here in Napa. Well, let's, let's, let's get to Napa. Okay. Shall we? Yes. Again, I'm still boggled at how anybody can deal with life in Las Vegas. Just, (laughs) I mean, I've only ever been a visitor there, but wow. Folks go there to just uh, cut yeah. loose, it's and the, it's the you're the one that has Disneyland. to make sure they don't take it too far. Um, yeah. But here in Napa, people also come to mm-hmm. cut loose. Yeah. Maybe in a little, maybe not as wild, but they're, you know, some of the same things to kind of indulge, certainly, in, in wine and, and food and who knows what else. So right. do you see any similarities? I mean, I know that what you did in Vegas certainly prepared you for probably right. any police work, but... Uh, 
Yeah, what you what know, are some uh, of the contrast and comparative uh, points? I do see a lot of similarities. You know, uh, Napa is a tourist destination, world-class tourist destination. Mm -hmm. Las Vegas was a world-class tourist destination. In fact, I think Las Vegas averaged about 59 million tourists last year. Wow. So it's about 1 million a week, basically, a little bit over 1 million a week. Amazing. Napa, in contrast, is what, 3.8 million, I think is what the number was the other day, mm. which is pretty significant. Yeah, I, yeah. And I, it was interesting to me that it was only second to Disneyland. I have heard that statistic yes. over and over. Yeah. I was talking at the Welcome to Napa Valley uh, Informational Center, and they shared that. I was like, well, that's pretty interesting that second to Disneyland is Napa Valley. So that <laughs> says a lot about uh, what, what's what been done here in the Napa Valley. And I think it's only going to increase uh, in a good way. I think more and more that uh, the word gets out about Napa and then what the city has to offer and what you can come here and do. And I, I call it a more mature um, visitor because they usually come here for the wine and the experience and not looking to do the Vegas scene where you have the nightclubs, the pool clubs. The, right. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy here. It's a, <laughs> it's a moderated crazy, which is okay. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just curious of, I said, I wasn't going to talk about issues much, yeah. but now you're sitting here and I'm, I'm curious. <laughs> so I know Napa itself has its own issues, but are there certain, are there certain issues that seem to be brought by tourists that you deal with more than you would with locals? Um, you know, I don't see that much here. And I'll, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I thought, I'll give you one example. I was like, well, man, maybe, uh, I imagine they probably have a high DUI rate here mm -hmm. because of the wine industry and the amount of alcohol. And in fact, um, my department and other departments keep stats on the DUI arrest and how many were due to alcohol, uh, to beer, to wine, or mixed cocktails. So we kind of get a feel for that. And we actually have a running tally, and and beer is the leading cause of what people get their DUIs on. So, which was a surprise to me. I thought it would have mm. been wine, and but it's not. So that's a good thing. So this is a lot about the the wine industry, the tourism. That you know, hey, when people come here, you know, either Uber or get the the limos or the shuttle services, so you can experience that. That's very popular, and I certainly yeah. recommend it when people write to me. You know, how should I do Napa Valley? I said, well. What are your plans for drinking? Right. You know, how many wineries are you going to want to see in a day? Yeah. And I, I usually don't say, I usually say don't do more than three because you're going to want to spend some time, learn about it, but get a driver get too. Get a driver. Because yeah. you want to enjoy and yeah. do it in moderation, but not get in any trouble or get in anybody else in any trouble. No. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting. Beer. Well, what do you know? Um, <laughs> Now, Tallulah, who's sitting here, got a chance to hear you speak. She was part of a youth leadership program uh, last week. And, Chief, you came and spoke to them. So yeah. thank you for involving yourself with the youth. Well, and you. I asked her how it went and what some of, uh, you know, what, what you talked about. And the thing that struck her was, uh, well, do you want to you share? Oh, yeah, that you, um, well, you said that you only got, like, one or two hours of sleep. Yes, that was the. Someone asked me about what's the difference between Napa and Las Vegas. And mm -hmm. in my previous job in Las Vegas, I would probably sleep on average about two to three hours a night. And here in Napa, I get to sleep a full eight hours. <laughs> oh Actually, get goodness. up, go to the gym, have a normal, be very normal. Uh, so my sleep was very broken, and I feel more relaxed and more uh, well rested here. So that's right. That's good. I think a well rested mm -hmm. chief. Now, okay. Now, is that. Uh, because Napa is just not quite as uh, kooky as Las Vegas as far as law enforcement? Or is that because you invoke some privileges that come with being chief? No, I think it's just that uh, Napa doesn't have the kookiness. And, okay. uh, I, have a, I have a really good workforce here that handles a lot of stuff that, um, that they can deal with at their level. 
but it's a sheer volume of numbers. I'll give you an example. On average, we, the city of the, our dispatch center takes in about 80,000 calls in a year. A year. In Las Vegas, we take about 80,000 calls in a month. Mm. So just the sheer volume is night and day, so, yeah. which is good. That's a good, and, and I tell, they say, well, you're going to get bored here. I'm not getting bored here, whatever. <laughs> you mentioned the mixology thing on well, Wednesday. So I get, there's a lot of fun events that I get to attend and, and, and be part of and hang out with the youth in, in the city of Napa. And uh, I was over at the college recently, Welcome city, welcome Center. So I get, to, I get to do the fun stuff about what policing is about mm-hmm. and kind of really be an ambassador for the police department and, and really let people know that we in this profession do care about this community and we care about uh, everyone and make sure that everyone is, feels safe and it can enjoy and go out uh, and, ex- and enjoy the experiences of what it is and not be concerned with like what we've seen across the country in the last couple of days. So, Okay, we've well, we got to take a break because you've actually brought up a couple of things I want to follow up with. So we will. Okay. Hang on. Hang on tight. You're listening to Judd's Napa Valley Show on 1440 AM KVON. We'll be right back after these messages. Judd's Napa Valley Show. Every episode, a veritable cornucopia of Finkel fun. Want to hear this episode again, as well as other past episodes? Subscribe to our podcast. Search for Judd's Napa Valley Show on the iTunes Store. Now, back to the show. Thank you very much, Mr. Lorne Mole. And today, we are honored to have, uh, well, today we call you Chief Robert Plummer of the Napa <laughs> Police Department. Last week, I did for a few brief moments, I was able to call you your honor because you were a judge. I was. I was a judge at the... Uh mixology competition which was fantastic it was a right. really really good opportunity to uh taste different cocktails yeah you are a chief of police and cocktail uh judge extraordinaire yes <laughs> I, I would say that uh not extraordinary because you I said was, you had a good palate i had a good palate but i couldn't drink all of them because uh it was a lot they gave you a lot there, you know, this it was a fun thing. Every Wednesday for two months, yeah. uh, First Street Napa hosted this locals' night out. Really fun. Some of the businesses that are there had uh, their stuff out, and there was music. and And it, uh, each night featured three bartenders right from Napa Valley mm-hmm. doing a cocktail competition. And you got about a one ounce pour of right. each drink to see, you know, see what they're doing. And the winners of each came back. So that night that you were judged, that was the finals. Right. That was seven drinks. Yeah, I actually did the second week. I was a, I was a judge the second week. Oh, you were just so. What were you doing? You weren't a judge when I saw you the seventh, or were you? Come yeah, back I was, as a, no, I was a judge. Two time judge. Me, I was a two time. Okay, judge. gotcha. I was, the, I was one of the only two time. Well, judges. well, your fabulous palate. Awesome. You just told yeah, us so. yes. But the but each time though, you know, like you said, as a as a spectator, you only got an ounce pour. As a judge, you got a full oh yeah helping because they wanted you to see the full presentation right. with the garnish. Yes, one of them had like a full marijuana leaf on it. I yes, saw. I th- <laughs> yes. I'd never seen that as a garnish before. <laughs> yeah, I didn't partake in that one, but no. <laughs> uh, it was uh, it was very interesting and it was a lot of fun. And I got a lot of grief from all the citizens who were just walking around going, "You're not even drinking the whole thing. That's a party foul." And I go, "I don't need to drink the whole thing to taste it. It's just a taste. It's That's not right. A, That's not, right. I'm, it's not a frat party where Moderation. I'm totally drunk." <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, thank you. Thank you for your service. 
Well, thank you. Helping us figure out which is the best cocktail yes. of Napa. There were some really good ones there. Did you try them all? Uh, I, I did. Okay. I did. But again, I'm, I don't like being drunk. Right. I, I love having a drink. You yeah. know, I, I like cocktail mixology, wine, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But never have liked the, the feeling of being drunk. I've talked about this before. Even in college, you yeah. talked about frat parties, whatever. I would be the driver yeah. because I would not drink to get drunk. And if I didn't like what they were serving, I wouldn't drink it. And guess what? When you're at a college party, yeah. the quality of the keg is not yeah. usually that great. So. No, you don't, get, you don't get the good stuff. And like <clears> you, I don't drink a lot. I don't like to be drunk. I don't like to be out of control. Part of it is my, my profession, I think, because yeah. I've always been on call or always need to be available. And I think if, uh, and it's such, I try to set a good example for my, my kids as well that you can go out and have a good time without being intoxicated. Absolutely. Extreme, so. it, it can be done, folks. It, it can, can be done. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, in the break, we kind of tied in what we were talking about before, but that was really connecting with people. You talk about connecting with the community and, um, Let's talk. We had this conversation at the cocktail competition uh, a couple weeks ago about kind of the state of the the current workforce, the folks that are coming up mm-hmm. who are having a little more challenging time with interpersonal connections. Right. Yes. And we started talking about in my business, you know, I'm very involved in the hospitality aspect Mm -hmm. of the winery. It's very important to me. That's the way we connect. There's a lot of good wine out there. So how else do you connect? Well, you show people a good time. You give them good memories. You connect. Mm -hmm. Um, You show them that you care, that you're interested in them without seeming uh, fake about it. And I I do feel sincere. I like meeting people. Actually, that's the reason I've held on to this little program because it gives me a chance to, you know, look you in the eye and everybody who sits down and we have a conversation. And I love that. It's tough, isn't it? It is tough. You know, uh, as we talked about the, at the at the uh, event, um, interpersonal communication is one that's really lost on people today. Um, you know, unfortunately, uh, with our use of technology, it's become kind of the dominating way to communicate. Um, you know, you can walk into any restaurant or any social gathering, you see a, a majority of the individuals on their cell phones, and you see the lights of the phones glistening off their face and you can tell that they're on their phones and they may be in a group of four or five and they're all on their phones. Um, But what we're seeing as we go to hire new officers um, that we have to kind of teach that as well. We have to re, we got to kind of compartmentalize and teach them that aspect of what it is that they're supposed to be doing in law enforcement. You know, I think I talked about law enforcement really is a customer service business. We're in the business of serving customers, which are the, the community members and the folks that need our assistance at the time during a crisis and we have to be there to provide some level of service for them that they feel comfortable, uh, they, we show compassion, and that we're able to resolve whatever we can to the best of our abilities. Um, because we're asked to wear so many different hats now, whether mm-hmm. social worker, a counselor, marriage counselor, a child a crisis, a referee, if you will, so many different things. And it's important that we have the ability to communicate. I was just talking to a, a young officer the other day, and we were talking about how do you prevent from um, getting in use of force incidents. And the most powerful tool that you have at your disposal as an officer is your, the gift, the ability to talk, mm. the gift to gab, if you will, the ability to de-escalate through conversation, the ability to assess, not necessarily going uh, hands-on or going very being forceful. Because um, this, this individual I was talking to was a female, uh, one of our dispatchers, trying to get her to become a police officer. And she said, well, I'm just kind of small stature. I said, well, your size doesn't matter if you have the ability to, to talk to someone. Mm. Now, there's a time that you may have to use force. 
But if you're really proficient at your job, 99% of the time is, is talking and you don't have to use force. And there's that 1%, but that's just in any, anything you're gonna have that little bit of, but you'll have backup there and you have folks there. But if you have the ability to um, talk to people and, and, and connect, build that sure. relationship, uh, you, you might not have to use force as often. In my 28 year career, I probably used force probably three times. Really? Yeah, and it's not, I mean, I'm a fairly big guy, I'm six foot, 220 pounds. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be that, it's just, I just figured it's easier to talk to people and try to get them to submit without going hands-on. Some people just can't because of a psychosis or mental mm. health issues or drugs. Or right, like that. right, sure, sure. But it would seem to me, again, a total ignorant outsider mm. looking into what it is you do, it would just seem to me that having really good people skills right. has to be one of the most important aspects. It, it could diffuse situations. It yeah. would avoid escalation of situations. Uh, violence, injury can be avoided if you can connect with that person Absolutely. somehow yeah. that is causing problems. By connecting, you prevent not only the, the individual injured, but our officers are injured. Of course. So, you know, we can't, you know, we're a small organization, so anytime we have an officer off because of injury, that impacts the entire organization. Mm. There's a trickle-down effect that we have to we have to deal with. But, uh, yeah, personal communication is the key to being a successful police officer in my eyes and engaging the community and having that relationship with individuals in the community um, only makes us better as a, as a department and as a community. Sure. That makes all the sense. So are there, are, I mean, are there programs? Are there consultants? You're saying it's, it, it is a bit of a problem with this generation that's coming up with, that are used to screen time as opposed to FaceTime. And I don't mean FaceTime like that thing on your yes. Apple <laughs> iPhone. I just mean like f- actual face-to-face right. time. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, FaceTime would actually not do bad. They could at least they at least see eyeball. I guess somebody. so. But yeah. uh, you know, excuse me. Mm-hmm. There are opportunities for uh, training in the field training program that um, we're trying to institute, where we kind of get our cops out of the car, walking and talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, academy offers an opportunity where they have to do some role playing and things like that, and and depending on how they communicate, uh, determines which way the role player will act. So if you are doing things the right way and slowing the momentum down, the role player will submit. But if you're just coming in and you're not able to communicate, you're not showing that verbal communication, interpersonal skills, not connecting, then they'll take it to a different level. And then that, that force, and then what they do is they review it and go see, had you done this, this, and this, this is what would have happened. And not always, but it gives them an idea, go, oh, okay, so instead of just yelling at someone or using language that doesn't necessarily calm down the situation, because I think I shared that uh, in situations, that are high stress or high, very emotional. Emotions is really high and reasoning is really low. Well, the goal is to have reasoning high mm. and emotions low. Yeah. And if we can get to that point in, uh, in our profession where our new officers, our officers in general, I think we'll see less use of force issues, less officer-involved shootings. Granted, that's that, again, the suspect does determine how that goes. But, Understood. But how you approach and how you interact oftentimes can slow things down. Yeah. And I think the help of... Um, Wearing body cameras has really been a tool to help gauge how officers are, are mindful. Hey, talk to people with respect. Say the right things. Don't don't you know? Don't go out of out of your way to be disrespectful. Show some compassion, and I think it's helping. And that's why body cameras, I think, are a really good tool that we have in our profession now. Interesting, interesting. And uh, your predecessor, Steve Potter, mm-hmm. was probably one of our biggest. Uh, supporters of the be kind. I'm wearing one of yeah. the be kind buttons, mm-hmm. and he anytime he ran into the kids, boy, he would get. 20-something, a few dozen yeah, at a time, and pass them out. a great supporter of that. Yeah. So it sounds like he had a, a similar feeling about that 
yeah. that aspect of police work. Yeah, and I think, you know, the, the be kind, uh, to, just to piggyback on that, I think by using the be kind, I think you're going to create a generation of young people that understand being kind to others, and that could potentially lead to a career path in law enforcement. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> career path in law enforcement. What do you think, Tallulah? <laughs> well, maybe not Tallulah, but maybe the people that are receiving the right. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I, but we would always take you. In, I wasn't in a, saying no. Yeah, I got you. About I got nine you. years, we could take you on. <laughs> well, you know, Tallulah, the police department I hear has badge stickers. Well, yeah, yeah. Be, put them together. The be yeah. kind and the be police badge. There you, go. there you go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Enough about all this police work <laughs> and whatnot. Let's get back to you as a all person. Right. All right, you've been here a year. You've kind of hopefully settling in. You're, you're certainly out and about in the community, very visible, and we appreciate that. What do you, what do, you do for fun? Now, you mentioned golf earlier yeah. as something. You like sports. Uh, I do. I had heard somebody was telling me you really like travel and experiencing cultures. Yes. Um, so we uh, we enjoy travel. Uh, mm-hmm. So golf is like my immediate relaxation. So I try okay. to play golf every Saturday if I can. Mm-hmm. Group of guys, we get out there and play golf, which is great. And then uh, traveling is probably the next thing. We went to Israel this past uh, in May. Oh, so wow. we got to spend a time spend twelve days in Israel, which was a phenomenal trip. Uh, got to see things of the country that we never. Or another country we never got to experience and see. So Tallulah's planning a trip. Do you got a couple uh, highlights mm-hmm. for her? Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, yeah, next year. We're going next summer. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. Well, we're, we'll we'll talk. But there's you know that you got to see the Sea of Galilee, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then if you go into uh, the old city, King yeah. David. I definitely um, go there. You know, when you go into the Jewish quarter, you'll be great. You go into the Muslim quarter, you just got to hold on to hold on tight because it's very very crowded in there. It is extremely crowded. Mm-hmm. We were, didn't feel unsafe. It's just so many people. As can, they pack yeah. a lot of people in there, and the food phenomenal. You're going to like the food. It's I really recall. Good. It's been 20 years since I've been, but uh, I remember the I food just, being really good. Yeah. yeah. I'm so excited. And uh, I did do the oldest city, which was just fascinating to, oh. to be there and realize that, well, in Israel in general, but then when you're in the, the old city, you really get a feeling that these, you know, three major world cultures right. all sprang from this tiny little speck on the globe. And, yes. But you're at the source of it, and you can see it and touch it and feel it, and yes. it, it's really incredible. It's, it is incredible. I mean, I still to this day, I think, mm-hmm. I reflect back on the trip often about mm-hmm. different things and what we experienced. And, and we went to this one store, uh, just a side note, that was on puzzles. I like puzzles. And it's some of the most difficult puzzles that they had that I've ever seen. And one of them involved a, uh, it's a, for a wine bottle. So you put a wine bottle in there, and you had to put this cap on and it has all these strings and stuff then you have to undo all this to get the, the wine so when i oh. have people at my house i haven't tried to do that no one can do it i know how to do it but and there's a real bottle of wine so like if you can undo this we can have the wine and there's a really good bottle of wine in there too so they can have that so <laughs> no one's been able to defeat it yet but we saw a lot of a lot of uh Berman was very friendly very safe you'll have a Excuse me. Bless, Bless you. Thank you. you. Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not allergic to travel. We know that. <laughs> you're gonna have a fantastic time yeah. there. So I'll be experienced. I'll be, I'll be excited to get together when you're back just to see some of the things that you saw and yeah, I'm compare so notes. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. Well, and then then I'm a big. So this will come to shock a lot, but I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. So okay. Yeah. So you watch football. I, oh, that's yeah. your Sunday oh, routine. Yeah. That's my Sunday routine. I've, I've been out the trainer, the Raiders training camp the last few days. So. 
Oh, you got some buddies out fun. there? You're making friends? Or? Oh, yeah. Well, we, we provide the security out there, so I just kind of it, it's a good opportunity for me to go out there and just make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Now, okay, so you're doing your, your, your sworn duty to right. protect uh, and serve. Right. But as a Cowboys fan, are you also doing a little razzing? No, no, they're, they're, okay. they're really big. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but actually, I be, I'm, I'm kind of a kind of a dual fan. So I'm a Cowboys fan, lifelong Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. But because the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas, oh yeah, yeah where yeah, I just yeah. came from, I ended up buying season tickets. So I will be a Raiders fan as well. Now, if they both play each other. It'll be torn, but I could wear two jerseys, one on the front, one on the back. and then It won't be over. torn. I, You know, I've just met you, but I can see in your face. That's It's not torn. You're being diplomatic. You're a Cowboys fan. That's true. That's true. Well, Bob, our editor in Los Angeles, who puts these shows together before we put them as podcasts, right. is a huge Cowboys fan. Okay. So I'm, I'm, this, this show is going to be, like, perfectly edited. Yeah. You just made a, a good go. friend, a valuable friend. Thank you, Bob. From one Bob to another Bob, thank you. Right, well, i got to ask you something. And it's a bit personal, and uh, you're a public figure, so I'm going to ask, and you can choose not to answer if you don't care to, but okay. if you would, I know many people would be interested to know, Chief Plummer, and I, 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 I ask this of most of my guests, and mm-hmm. it's not because of your position as okay. Chief of Police. I just want you to know that before okay. I even mm-hmm. bring this up. Okay. Uh, well, here we go. Do you... Do you go nuts for donuts? <laughs> you know I do. I really do enjoy donuts, but you know I, I'm trying to lose weight. But well, I'll I tell do. you what. I'll tell you what. I'm just going to set these in front of you. This pink box. We've got a chocolate glazed, a maple old fashioned, a pink glazed raised, and a and a crumb. Is there one there that you would? Oh. Yeah. You don't even have to eat it right now. But which which one are you going to take home with you? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one here. Oh come on! Oh, he did my it, folks. Goodness. Our regular listeners <laughs> know the they know what that means. You picked the maple old fashioned. That's right. Uh, upwards of I would say well, well into the high ninetieth percentile of our right. guests choose that maple old fashioned. That is a good donut. That is a really good donut. All right, I'm not. I'm not even going to get into donuts okay. and police officers. We've done that on a previous show with other law enforcement. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. We'll stop that nonsense right. right off the bat. But, but now I have a donut. So. That's right. At least for the photo op after the that's show, we can right. get that. Right. Yes. Can I get a donut, please? You, of course you can have a donut, too. Now, which uh, one would you pick? Tallulah. Wait. Also a favorite, by the way, oh. is of the maple old-fashioned. Wait, what's that one? The pink one? No. Crumbs. Oh, crumb. Crumb. Like that's good. Cinnamon? It's sweet. Nope. Just kind of sweet crumbs, like most of my friends. Oh, <laughs> well. All right, well, while you choose that... Right. I'm going to say it's now time to play everyone's favorite party game here on Judd's Napa Valley Show. This is Mad Libs. That's right. We're going to play a Mad Libs fill-in-the-blank word game with Chief Plummer of the Napa Police Department. We're running a little short. We're going to get through this, but this is going to be rapid fire. Just the first thing that comes to your head. Let's see if we can do it. This is going to be like a psychological profile, Rorschach Mad Libs. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) I'm, I'm, okay. Just oh, yeah. to let everyone know, I chose the pink one. Oh yes, the pink uh, glazed raised, and it it matches perfectly. Your uh, like that shirt. It's a Harry Potter, the schools as a '60s mod pop man. It's it, my favorite shirt. Well, enjoy. <laughs> um, here we go. All right, Chief. I need a geographic location. Oh, um, the frigid Kenai River. The frigid Kenai River in That's Alaska. What, you are a fisherman too. I am. Yes, big fisherman, salmon. 
Okay, so this is somewhere you've been, I imagine. Yes. Probably have caught some nice fish out of there. Yes. Okay. A verb. Ooh. Let's go with paragliding. Paraglide. Yeah, okay. Paraglide. Got it. That always looks fun. I know if I went up there, I would lose it, but uh, <laughs> it looks like fun. Okay, uh, another geographic location. I'm going to go off the beaten path on mm -hmm. this one. How about Wakanda? Oh, from the movie um, Black Panther. Black Panther. Okay, Wakanda. Yes. Forever. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. That's it. <laughs> a verb. Um, something I don't really think I ever see myself doing. Scuba diving. Scuba diving. I think that's so funny. That's You say you would never see yourself doing that. No. And now that I know you're... Your past as a Las Vegas uh, police officer in the Homicide and Sex Crimes Division, you think that scuba diving sounds iffy. Yes. Um, okay. I've always wanted to scuba dive. Okay, I prefer you scuba dive than do what he does or did. Um, okay, it's all a matter of perspective, yeah. I guess. Okay, a number, any number. The number three. Three. And that's uh, my granddaughters are... Both three. There's three. My two youngest granddaughters. Oh, three. sweet. There you go. Oh, sweeties. Yeah. All right. Got three. A plural noun. Uh, genies. Genies, like out of a bottle. Yeah, out of a bottle. Great your wish. Okay. Yeah. A noun, a singular noun this time. Well, since we're in Napa and I've heard there's a lot of good uh, fishing, how about sturgeon? Sturgeon. 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 Right here in the river. Uh, okay, almost done. Two more. Okay. An adjective, you know, a word that describes something. Slimy. <laughs> slimy. That's Ruby's favorite one. <laughs> yes, when we play at home, Ruby loves slimy, stinky, smelly. And finally, plural noun. Uh, probably because I'm hungry. Tacos. Tacos. Okay. No, I'm hungry. That does sound good. It's It's donut and taco Tuesday. That's it. Oh, okay. there we go. You're done. So, Chief uh, Robert Plummer of the Napa Police Department. <clears throat> Earlier today, I was on the internet and found this article that was written about you when you first took the job. Okay. This is from the Napa Valley Register, July 30th, 2018. Okay. And uh, you've just rewritten the article with this Mad Libs <laughs> game. Are you ready for this? Oh, this will be good. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Napa's new chief of police hopes to carry on the mission of the previous one. Now, here's a quote from you. I truly believe that in law enforcement, it's the police department's job to be part of the community. And he's nodding his head. Yes. And I yes, think that's that a great correct. philosophy to have. Yes. Okay. Another quote. We realized, uh, oh, this is regarding your move to Napa okay. from Las Vegas. Okay. This is your quote. We realized that what uh, the frigid Kenai River had to offer is something that we wanted to be a part of when it came time to paraglide and leave the hustle and bustle of Wakanda, <laughs> Plummer said. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, now, this is about uh, your role okay. as a police chief. This is your quote again. We can't scuba dive our way out of problems, he told an audience of more than three people that included... <laughs> <laughs> told an audience of more than three people that included his two adult genies and his wife, uh, Rasheen. Uh, by the way, he stopped me in the grocery store the other day, or yesterday, in she, fact, to say hello. That was very sweet of her. Yes. Very sweet. Okay. Uh, included, included two adult genies and his wife, Rasheen, who pinned the sturgeon of his new office onto his slimy <laughs> uniform. <laughs> and then you go on to say, we have to be part of the process to solve 
tacos in the community. The, actually, well, I disagree. I think tacos are doing pretty well here in Napa. I so we found something to disagree on. We can continue this discussion we later. We can. I think we'll, we can do it over donuts. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. I want to be invited. You're in. You're in. Chief Robert Plumber, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to sit down and thank get to you. talk to you for a little bit. I look forward to uh, doing it again sometime. I absolutely. I mean, I would. Uh, anytime you want me on the show, let me know. This was a lot of fun and... Especially if we're going to have donuts here, that'd be great. You got it. Well, welcome to Napa. Thank you very much, Jed. This is Lauren Mole speaking for Judd's Napa Valley Show, a Gil Amar production. And thank you, Tallulah. Oh, thank you. Judd's Napa Valley Show.